0: and welcome on into Monday. This is the NBA Strategy Show. It is also the Bradley Beal screwed my lineup last night, but hey, Syracuse won, so who cares hour that we will, uh, I don't know, probably not to speak on much beyond that comment right there. Nevertheless, I'm Adam Kaufman, happy to be joined as always on a Monday by Greg Garenberg. How are you buddy?
2: Uh, good. Uh, got some uh, good banter going in the chat right now. Uh, We had good slate last night, although LaMelo Ball getting hurt. Oh, is that uh, I have so much money invested in him winning rookie of the year, which I still feel decently about. Like, I still Mm -hmm. think he should win. But it was the lock of all locks until yesterday. Now it's kind of a a toss up in the air. So that was pretty devastating to me. But I mean, injury is just a pretty big deal around the association right now.
0: Yeah. So our guy Alex, uh, of course, you know, tweeting out, I think it was late last night, said something to the effect of LaMelo Ball is going to be
2: the first guy to win rookie of the year and then comeback player of the year the next year. Uh, is is comeback player of the year even a that's is that a, that's not even a thing in the NBA, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Is it? I think so. Well, now now I gotta Google it. <laughs> NBA
0: comeback player of the year. Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, all right, who won last year? I'm gonna tell you. Hang on, this is I'm gonna this disagree with Very was. important stuff. Oh, well, so now they re- they renamed it the NBA's Most Improved Player Award.
2: But oh, no, that's a, diff- that's a different award. It's the most, same thing. N- n- no, Most Improved Player is the player who improved the most. Comeback Player is the Listen, guy if, who... If you go to Wikipedia, which is never wrong,
0: it says the National Basketball Association Comeback Player of the Year was later renamed the NBA Most Improved Player Award. So either we're going to have to passionately argue about this for 55 minutes, or we can just accept that in a way we're both right.
2: Yeah, I'm just... Th- chat because i know i know i'm right here just tell him that he's an idiot because he's he's wrong like comeback player of the year most improved these are these are totally separate things i agree that like fundamentally they mean different things if you were to say to
0: me pre me looking at that you know are these the same award i would probably say no but when the nba turned one into the other we have to accept it as the same thing all right well i'm fine with the chat weighing in on this All right I'm I'm totally okay with it too because you are wrong. All right let's hear from you chat on this very important issue as we prepare you for an eight game slate in the association. We do only have so much time to dink around here on this show because we will have college basketball talk coming up at 11 eastern so we're here with you for a total of 55 minutes whether we finish going through these games or not but we will because that's our job. So tonight's you have got, uh, again, the eight games, Greg, and just some of the top players available. Never mind what kind of spot you think there, and we'll get to that. But Carl Anthony Towns is actually one of the guys at the uh, top of the heap. DeMontis Sabonis, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, uh, Shai Gildress Alexander. you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, guys like that. Who stands out to you most?
2: All right. So, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, it's by a pretty wide margin. I haven't projected for about eight more fantasy points than anybody else on the slate, uh, with Giannis and Tetacumpo out, there just aren't that many viable payup options on today's slate. So, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, to me, uh, definitely gonna be a priority play. And yeah, there's just nobody else that I have as a payup option that's anywhere close to him right now.
0: Let's see. Uh, just looking at the chat as, as people laughed at us. Uh, Kaufman's such a good dude. Beal killed my lineup too. That's from Tony. It just it felt important to read. Adam is definitely wrong on this, says uh, someone whose name I cannot pronounce. I apologize. Uh, let's... That's uh, Jirai-
2: That's Jariah the
0: Gallant. Okay. Yep. Let's go with that. Uh, most improved, Pascal Siakam last year. Let's say Adam. Uh, Adam, you're right. Greg is the idiot in the room, says Robert. Uh, Adam wrong says Larry yeah sorry Adam says Jordan that's not even our Jordan he hasn't weighed in I don't think Uh, Greg well done yeah I'm just going to assume that that I absolutely nailed it Uh, Levine will have 50 fantasy points tonight says uh, aesthetic bunny do you agree with that before we move on.
2: Uh no, not even close. They're playing against Utah Jazz. I think I think we can debate whether he's going to score 40 by Alex. <laughs> yeah, that. I was going to say we could debate if he's going to score 40, 50. I mean, obviously anything's possible. That's a very low likely outcome though. That's probably something that I expect to happen like I don't know, 15% of the time. Sure.
0: All right, let's go into our first game here and and we'll tell you all the fun stuff going forward as well. Again, get involved in the chat. Anything you want to talk about, obviously, keep it at mostly basketball centric would be helpful since we do have a time limit and any questions that you have as you prepare those dummy lineups remember I wouldn't lock anything in at this hour of the day lock can change over the course of the next nine hours or whatever it is until lock but uh, Sacramento and Cleveland let's begin with the Kings because uh, Kings are important Tyrese Halliburton is in a solid spot Uh, Harrison Barnes you can make the argument that he's in a pretty good spot it's on white side if you wanted to pay down as well De'Aaron Fox Rashawn Holmes, you know, those guys that normally we would be talking about right at the top of the Kings. uh, Buddy Heald, kind of, sort of, in that equation as well. I don't really like them as much. I think it's much more of a Halliburton-Barnes kind of discussion, but tell me what you think.
2: All right, so uh, injury situation for the Kings. We still have Marvin Bagley uh, out. He's going to miss most of the regular season because of a fractured hand. Uh, Now we've seen Hassan Whiteside. He's back, and he's playing not like a mass amount of minutes, but he's playing enough minutes to where it's taking a little bit away from Rashawn Holmes and they're splitting center minutes. So over the last three games, we've seen Whiteside play 20 minutes, 16 minutes, 15 minutes, and then Holmes plays the rest of the center minutes. Now, why that's significant is because before, before Whiteside came back, Rashawn Holmes was playing all the center minutes he could handle. So we're seeing games where Rashawn Holmes is playing, you know, 38, 39 minutes, but, Now that we're seeing some of those minutes go to Hassan Whiteside, now we're more often seeing Rashawn Holmes play like 32 to 34 minutes. His price is still expensive, so that makes him uh, less appealing of a play. So De'Aaron Fox, to me, is somebody I want to get to on FanDuel, mostly just because of the positionality on FanDuel. Uh, De'Aaron Fox at 8,900, he is the most expensive point guard. And then Lamella Ball would have been somebody at 7,900 that I think we would have liked to roster, but now with him no longer in play, we only have two point guards that are expensive on FanDuel and that's Trey Young going up against the Clippers and D'Aaron Fox against the Cavs. So as far as payup options go on FanDuel, especially where we generally have a little bit more salary to spend, the, the restrictions aren't quite as tight. Uh, I think it's not all that difficult to get up to D'Aaron Fox. He's going to be a priority play for me there uh, on DraftKings. Kings. Tyrese Halliburton, I assume the minutes restriction is going to start to be lifted on him. He struggled a little bit from a fantasy perspective in the second half of the season, but he also was coming back from injury. He had a minutes restriction, and now he's played over 30 minutes in two of the last three games. He's starting for the Kings now. Uh, so going forward, I expect that he's going to start to produce better. Now that the minutes restriction is off, he's starting to get healthier as he gets a, as he gets a few more games under his uh, belt coming back from, I think it was a hamstring injury. I think we're going to start to see Halliburton's production get closer to what it was earlier in the season. So uh, 5,500 for him on DraftKings makes him somebody that I want to get to. Uh, but overall, Kings, not a super high-priority team for me. It's just uh, some exposure to Fox on FanDuel and exposure to uh, Tyrese Halliburton on on DraftKings. And Alex Baker, Osmo himself, with his projections available
0: to you with the Osmo Plus subscription. He has Halliburton projected for about 6X value, so a pretty good night ahead, obviously, if you want to pay down, make some room for him. Uh, as far as the Cleveland side of the ball, and as we know, and this has long been the case, no Andre Drummond, not even with the team, no Kevin Loves. So it, it's just this filter down of who is going to perform here with this Cavs team. Colin Sexton, always in that conversation around him. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about guys like Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Larry Nance. Uh, you know, I don't feel like anybody's in an in especially a good spot.
2: Yeah, so I've been really high on Larry Nance lately. He's had a bunch of good games for me over the last couple of weeks. He's now had uh, good fantasy games. in uh, Yesterday was fairly mediocre, but beyond that, I mean, he had games with 44 fantasy points against the Celtics, uh, 34 fantasy points against the Heat. I still think it's a little bit too cheap. However, there is a little bit of a difference in scenario here because Torian Prince, who's been out the last couple of games, uh, he's now questionable to play. So if he comes back, one of the things that's been really appealing to me about Larry Nance is that he's playing a massive amount of minutes. And uh, I don't think we're going to see quite the same amount of minutes from Nance. If Torian Prince comes back. Cause over the last four games, Nance has played 38 minutes, 37, 34 and 32. And he's probably going to seed some of those minutes to Torian Prince if he's able to play. So uh, the, the injury to Prince, I don't think Prince is going to be a viable option himself, except if he plays, he's going to take Nance out of play for me. And if he's out, then Nance is going to be somebody who I'm going to go right back to Uh, as for the guards here. Uh, Colin Sexton is definitely somebody I like in this matchup against the, against the Kings on, on both sites. This is a pace up matchup for the Cavs. The Kings are also towards the bottom of the league in uh, defense efficiency. So there haven't been too many better fantasy matchups this year than going up against Sacramento. Uh, So I want to get exposure to Cleveland and Colin Sexton looks like the best way to do that as of now.
0: All right, before we move on to our next game, I want to tell you about our sponsor, No House Advantage, taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, of course, the NBA, but also MLB, NFL, when that's in season, PGA, which as we know is going on right now, and uh, all for cash prizes at that. This exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional daily fantasy sites. Now, the best part, you can join for free today folks join for free today download the no house advantage app and use the promo code awesomeo to receive a match deposit bonus up to $20 eligible for all users by the way beat your friends not the house and win big with player props today so again thanks to our friends uh, the folks at no house advantage and get involved in the chat hit the like button as well right around 50 smash that like with a few hundred people watching us here early on a monday and hit the subscribe button Also, so you can be alerted when any of the Osmo programming goes live on YouTube, which is several times per day, especially today. There's a ton going on today that we'll tell you about a little bit later on in this hour. Let's move to the next one here, 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. That is the Thunder and the Timberwolves for OKC First. Mentioned SGA earlier. Really good spot projected for right around fantasy points, uh, 45 fantasy points by Alex Al Horford, uh, who may or may not be on the trade block in a matter of days, is also in a good spot and uh, kind of a pay down. He's a couple grand cheaper than SGA. After that, you know, it's the role players who tend to stand out when one of those two guys that I just mentioned is ruled out with an injury or something like that, which any given night, I won't rule that out for the Thunder. So, you know, be on the lookout, obviously, with this team. But how do you feel
2: about SGA and Horford? Uh, did we talk about SGA earlier? I don't I don't even remember. The, I mean, SGA is injured. He's questionable to play today. Uh, so I don't know how I feel about him. It depends if he plays or not. The, the Thunder have been super cautious with anybody who's been dealing with any sort of injury this year. I mean, we've seen Darius Baisley hasn't played in the second half of the year. George Hill's been out for a really long time. Al Horford seems to rest like three out of every five games at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I – assume that SGA there's a good chance he sits but I don't know I just need an update here because if SGA plays then yeah he's a viable option going up against the Timberwolves but if he's out it creates so much value on OKC uh, Pokashevsky would be somebody who we could expect to get more usage uh, Lou Dort who's not like an especially high usage guy except he would have to play so many minutes in a game that if SGA isn't able to play uh, Ty Jerome has been a good fantasy producer as of late I assume that he would either start or at the very least play a whole bunch of minutes if SGA isn't able to play for the season, Ty Jerome uh, playing 27 minutes per game, 21 fantasy points in those minutes. So if we're going to give Ty Jerome a start in somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 minutes, then we'll be looking at him approaching 30 fantasy points in a plus matchup against the Timberwolves. Uh, So I don't know what to make of this team until we get an update on SGA, uh, because obviously whether he plays or not is going to have pretty pretty big implications on the slate.
0: If he is out, and I know obviously, you know, Alex is projecting him in, but early in the day when a guy's questionable you know you you got to take a stance we've talked about that before so obviously his stance right now is that he's in that could impact things naturally like you said but if he is ruled out and then you're creating all this value and then especially when you're looking at the other side of this game right now in Minnesota where you know virtually everyone who is going to play is projected for 5x value how close are we getting to this becoming you know not a full on game stack or anything but where you want to roster a bunch of players
2: um not really that close because a lot of these guys are somewhat expensive. I mean, like relatively. So sure. like I look at Ty Jerome is 4,800 on DraftKings. He'd be a very good value play without SGA. But I mean, this is a guy also who in situations earlier in the year of SGA was that we would have expected to be the flat min at 3000. The reason being is there have been so much rest and injuries from the Thunder this year. There's been so many guys in and out of the lineup that we're kind of accustomed to these guys playing extended minutes at this point. So at any given time, we've kind of always seen the thunder with a tight rotation. So there's nobody who's just a ridiculously cheap price. So there's going to be guys that I want to get to like Pokashevsky and like Ty Jerome if SGA is out, but I'm I'm not going to roster like four of these guys in each of my lineups when they're all priced around 5,000.
0: All right. Well, what about uh, as far as, you know, Minnesota again, Carl Anthony Towns, you talked about him loving the spot that he's in. And uh, he is projected for about five and a half X value North 50 fantasy points by Alex that's on DraftKings. Kings, uh, Anthony Edwards, Ricky Rubio, Jaden McDaniels. They're all five X projected, uh, you know, Wancho Hernan Gomez um, you got uh, Josh Koji as well. All these guys. I mean, it's really just, you know, you know, Nas Reed, who is not necessarily in as good a spot as the rest. What do you like here outside of, obviously, Towns?
2: Yeah, so Towns, like I said, my favorite payup option on the slate. Nobody else is super appealing. If I had to go to somebody else, uh, Anthony Edwards, but uh, DraftKings-specific play, not really FanDuel. FanDuel at 7, that is at $7,700. is about a fair price point for him. On DraftKings, where he's about $500 cheaper, I think the reason that we want to get to him is – just based on number one, a favorable matchup against OKC, especially if SGA's out. But then also there's so much usage going to Anthony Edwards right now. And he has not been efficient at all this year. But when somebody's gonna play 38 minutes per game with a usage rate of somewhere between 30 and 40 percent, it doesn't really matter that he might only make six of the 24 shots he takes because that's so many, it's just so much volume. And if we look at the last handful of games for Edwards, uh usage 31%, 41%, 30%, 35, 32, 32, 33. It's so many shots he's taking on the court. He doesn't care if he makes it or misses them. He's going to keep shooting them and nobody's stopping him. I think this is going to be a totally different situation when Malik Beasley comes back, when d'angelo Russell comes back, then the shots are going to be distributed a little bit more evenly. But as it stands now, all of the shots are going to Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. So uh Anthony Edwards at a uh, slightly reduced price on DraftKings compared to FanDuel is uh worth being in the player pool.
0: If you are not available to watch your favorite Osmo shows on YouTube, that's okay. You know we're we're a little hurt, but we'll get over it. Especially since you can go back, by the way, and rewatch anytime the shows. They live forever. But if you'd prefer to listen elsewhere, don't forget about the Osmo Podcast Network. It is uh, all the YouTube shows. They are available through the Osmo Podcast Network podcast for every sport available on every major platform as well. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the very latest. Leave a five-star rating and review of these podcasts with your Twitter handle or email address, and you will be eligible to win a free week of Osmo Plus, which is a nice little savings in your pocket there, and platinum as well. Uh, One winner will be awarded every Friday reviews will be eligible to win for up to one year so best of luck be kind even to greg i know some of you in the chat you can be nasty to greg we don't like that be nice to greg
2: no 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 that's we love it (laughs) at least
0: at least (laughs) leave positive reviews then we've got that going for us here Uh, and keep hitting that like button north of 300 watching along here on the youtube feed live with us this morning or even if you're watching on tape delay a little bit later on and there's i don't know an inception thing going on with that comment but smash the like then The likes they never go stale next one here charlotte san and uh, san antonio let's start with the hornets here uh, kind of similar actually to Minnesota in terms of all the value that's all over the place and, and options. You don't necessarily have as strong, a payup option here as obviously you do cat, you know, your best case scenario, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier in terms of guys, you know, that are projected for in the thirties fantasy point wise, but you could go down to Devonte Graham, miles bridges. You know, these guys really solid spots, five and a half, six X value by uh, Alex projected. How do you feel about this team?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the key here is that LaMelo ball is out. Expect to miss the rest yeah. of the season with a, with a uh, fractured wrist. So if you look at the on off court numbers for the team this year, there's surprisingly not one guy that benefits a ton in terms of usage. Um, the guys in the starting lineup, the player who gets the biggest usage bump is Terry Rozier at 1.1%. And that's not something all that significant, but what does matter is that we can expect bigger minutes to go to Terry Rozier, Devonte Graham and Malik Monk. So all three of those guys are players that are worth being in the player pool with the highest priority being Devonte Graham. So uh, Devonte Graham, who was dealing with the knee injury earlier in the year, it was uh, left patella something or another. I don't know. I've said it a bunch of times and I forget what it is now, but he was being more importantly, knee injury, missed a bunch You're of time. You're not a doctor. It's okay. We forgive you. Nah. Uh, I mean, I am sometimes. I, I, I Google stuff on WebMD every once in a while. And it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, LeBron James is probably gonna miss four to six weeks. So Uh, at least you're not Googling about yourself. No, no. I mean, sometimes, but not medical stuff. Um, Devontae Graham, uh, now we're starting to see the minutes restriction. I assume it's going to have to come off just because there's no LaMelo ball. The minutes haven't been massive for Devontae Graham. We've seen him play around 22 minutes over the last week. But as long as Devontae Graham starts in place of LaMelo ball tonight, he becomes one of the best plays on the slate because he's much cheaper than we normally would uh, see him earlier in the year when he was a starter. Uh, don't forget, I mean, we, the season opened with LaMelo Ball coming off the bench, and Devontae Graham was the starter. Then eventually ended up flip-flopping those roles. LaMelo took off, and then the Hornets became good. Uh, I think they're really going to struggle without LaMelo, and part of it is because Devontae Graham has to play all those LaMelo Ball minutes, which for now is going to be good for us for DFS, but it's going to be bad for the Hornets in terms of them winning games. So uh, let's see who the starting lineup is. I assume it's going to be Devontae Graham. If it isn't Devontae Graham, it's going to be Malik Monk. Uh, but whichever of them starts becomes a pretty high-priority valuable option.
0: This game right here is one of the worst on the slate in terms of total. Uh, So, you know, that in mind, obviously be weary. I I wouldn't necessarily go crazy stacking this game. I think people probably know that, especially on this San Antonio side where, I don't know I mean building my own lineups every night and I'm I'm more of a you know you obviously are a multi-entry guy as a lot of people listening are I'm I'm someone who likes to build one lineup stick with it and just throw it wherever I'm going to throw it but uh you know with that strategy in mind you know it feels like forever since I've played anyone who uh who is on the spurs you know whether it's DeRozan, Murray, Johnson, any of these guys and and tonight sort
2: of feels like another one of those nights that you're going to kind of fade this team what do you think? Uh, well, I play these guys all the time, especially because they've had so many players out recently. Um, but now they finally have everybody in there. DeMar DeRozan was away from the team for a little bit due to the death of his father. He's acted now. DeJounte Murray rested the last game. He is back. Uh, Derek White, he was out for a little while. He's back. Uh, Patty Mills, who uh, missed the game for rest the other day, he's back. So this is as full of, as we've seen the Spurs rotation in in a little bit. So. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, not somebody I want to get to. DeJounte Murray, not somebody I want to get to. Derek White, not somebody I want to get to. The only player that really stands out here is Keldon Johnson at a 5,400 price tag, specifically to FanDuel. Uh, Keldon Johnson's minutes have been more consistent as of late over the last four games. He's played 32, 31, 39, and 34 minutes. While some of that has to do with the Spurs being shorthanded, uh, I also think there was a bunch of odd circumstances that led to Keldon Johnson, not playing his full minutes uh, a few weeks ago. Number one, the Spurs were in a bunch of games that were blowouts. Number two, he was coming back from COVID and he had a mince restriction. And I think just those things combined together meant that we didn't see big minutes from Keldon Johnson. But now that none of that's a concern, I think we're going to regularly start to see 30 plus minutes for Keldon Johnson. So at a still slightly depressed fan price, he is, uh, he's a good small forward option.
0: Do us a solid again, subscribe on the Osmo YouTube page and keep up to date with all the shows DFS offerings giveaways so much more once you subscribe hit that notification button get alerts when the shows go live so we are uh, right around halfway through going over this eight game slate here next one near and dear to my heart the Celtics and the Grizzlies uh, as a Celtics fan, I'd love to tell you they figured it all out with yesterday's win over the Magic, but uh, again, I am a Celtics fan, so I know better. This team, let's begin with Boston here, and uh, a lot of enticing options. I don't know how drawn to them you are, though. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart is in a really solid spot in terms of his uh you know, price per dollar uh, or points per dollar, I should say. Uh, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams is in that equation as well. So it's, you know, top heavy as one might expect with Boston and, and who's going to get the usage. But how do you feel about the Seas team in this matchup?
2: Yeah, so I, I think that's something we need to keep an eye on is the status of Tristan Thompson. Uh, Robert Williams, who I think is pretty clearly the the best big man on the Celtics. You and I have talked about this before and something everybody who's mentioned a lot, a lot recently is, uh, that Robert Williams, every, everybody would like to see him in the fantasy community get more playing time because he's so good when he's on the court. But not only could he potentially not be getting the extended minutes, he might even be seeing less minutes than normal today because Tristan Thompson's questionable play coming back from the COVID protocols, if he is in, he's going to be in the rotation. That could only take away minutes from Robert Williams. So uh, that's something that I think is going to just totally marginalize Robert Williams and make him somebody we can't even consider as a GPP flyer. Uh, as other options, Marcus Smart, his price is still down a little bit on FanDuel and DraftKings, and I don't really think there's any kind of minister restriction we need to be worried about at this point. Uh, Marcus Smart, who uh, after missing a bunch of time, came back and played fairly limited minutes, but now it, it looks like that's less of an issue the last three games. 29 minutes, 34, 33. He also started the last three games, so I think we could safely assume going forward that Marcus Smart's going to play his regular 30-plus minutes. And considering that he's somebody we normally see priced over 6000 on both FanDuel and DraftKings, and it's not the salary that he's currently at, it's a reasonable to assume he's a little bit too cheap. So he's somebody I think makes for a good value option. Uh, Jason Tatum, to me, just about fairly priced. I don't really think there's a need to go heavy targeting him. Uh, Jalen Brown, I prefer him to Jason Tatum on DraftKings. And then on FanDuel at 7800 that's also a pretty appealing price point for a uh, small forward option. I don't think that the price on Jalen Brown is way off or anything like that, but it's a slate where we have a decent amount of value and there's such a lack of guys to pay up for that that's really what makes Jalen Brown uh, somebody that I want to get to is is just because I don't have other places to spend my salary.
0: It's not on this game, but I do want to shout it out uh, because it's super chat from Dowens, Noens, 89 says, last man in Holmes or Allen, FanDuel GPP. What do you think?
2: Uh, It is very early to be building your lineup and making a for sure uh, call here, but I prefer Jared Allen to Rashawn Holmes.
0: Uh, Going back to the Celtics, a lot of time Lord love, especially from our producer Jordan, who uh, says with the wrench, the Lord of the time, which he is. Uh, Just play Tatum and Brown and move on to Swaggy P. What do you think about that?
2: Um, Yeah, I think that there are other guys that I prefer to pay up for they're definitely going to be in my player pool and I said I prefer Jalen Brown but uh I mean we'll we'll see what happens with the slate I I don't think that playing them together is ideal for the slate do
0: you I'm guessing the answer is no and and rightfully so but in general do you it, it sort of goes down the whole narrative street thing which I know you don't like but is is there ever any sort of hot streak momentum mentality to you like Jalen Brown going for 30 plus and 10 three-pointers a career day yesterday and you know just that that sort of mentality like oh now I can't miss all that you know is is he someone that I know you like him better than Tatum and that's fine I understand that but are you more inclined to roster him coming off a huge game the very next day or do you just not care about that?
2: I don't really care about it here. Here are the things that I, ca- I care about, things that are quantifiable. So mm-hmm. meaning if there's something that's happened that would lead me to think like, why did Jalen Brown shoot more yesterday? Like let's say there's a player who's injured or a player who's out, mm-hmm. right? That's reason to think like, okay, there's there's reason to think that Jalen Brown is going to shoot more now because of that. Actually funny enough, I'm probably more apt to play players coming off bad games than good games, just because of the way the, the pricing mechanism works. If mm-hmm. somebody plays well, their price goes up. If somebody plays poorly, the price goes down. And generally over time, we're going to expect the players production to balance out like basketball is not some game with crazy variance swings. It's not something like baseball, where somebody all of a sudden is scoring like 15 fantasy points, then they have some sort of swing mechanic issue, and they struggle to hit the ball for a couple weeks. Generally, if somebody averages around 40 fantasy points per game in basketball, they're going to score right around 40 fantasy points more often than not. And then when somebody's out of the lineup, and they're either getting extra usage or extra minutes, we could expect them to score a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, basketball is, at least relative to other DFS sports, it has a lot less variance and it's a lot more consistent. So when the pricing changes on a player, that's really where I'm more at, I'm more apt to uh, either be higher or lower on them. So uh, for that reason, if somebody plays really well and the price goes way up, I'm probably more likely to be off them than on them. Although that's not the case for today because Jalen Brown's price hasn't really changed.
0: Marv Perry says, you guys are the best, man, with some thumbs up emojis. No, Marv. You are. You're the best. Better than everybody else here. I'm just kidding. We love you all.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Smash the like button. Really. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, next uh, side anyway, and that's Memphis. Other side of that game. And you got uh, John Morant, Kyle Anderson. You know, they're in better spots, I would say, than Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, there's, you know, obviously some of the pay down options, uh, not paying down from Anderson, but Dylan Brooks, he's a a little bit more expensive. Actually, Brandon Clark, Grayson Allen, all generally the same price point. Uh, There's, there's no real huge fluctuation on this team in general, but, uh, who stands out to you is, is Morant going to go crazy tonight?
2: Uh, probably not. Uh, I like, I have a moderate amount of interest in John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas, just because we have the situation. Like I said before, we have a lot of value on the slate. We have a lack of guys to pay up for. Uh, So Morant and Valanciunas are both going to be in my player pool, but low priority plays Uh, Valanciunas, minutes are all over the map. He's a really good points from a fantasy producer. If we capture a day where he plays 32 minutes or 34 minutes, then there's a chance we get a pretty significant amount of upside for him. Except there's an issue of the Grizzlies play a really deep rotation and Valentinus gets into foul trouble a lot. So there's a bunch of games where Valanciunas just only ends up playing 24, or 25 minutes. So not somebody we could trust in cash games. He's probably like a 5% guy in GPPs for me. And then John Moran also probably somebody I'm going to roster in 5 to 10% of lineups. And then I just, no interest in me in the rest of the Grizzlies rotation because everybody else just plays like 24 to 26 minutes. And, and the lack of extended playing time really limits the ceilings on those guys.
0: You know, also uh, going back to Boston here, just you know, perusing the chat a little bit. If we don't see Kemba Walker second leg of a back to back, as has been the pattern this year, and you know Marcus Smart certainly becomes a more appealing play, are there other guys that are going to stand out to you more? Even you know whether it is a, a Tatum or Brown, just in terms of
2: some of those pay up options. No, I mean, I assume that Kemba's out today, uh, but it doesn't yeah. open up any value for me. It's just extra usage going to uh, Tatum, Brown, and Smart. But sure. there, there's no, like, I'm not rostering Peyton Pritchard. I'm not rostering Neesmith on this slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's just so much other value available to us with Giannis out, who we'll talk about in a second, with no LaMelo ball, and that opens up somebody like Devontae Graham, maybe Malik Monk. Uh, so just guys who are much stronger value plays. Like, we've seen a pretty good sample of Kemba Walker being out, mm-hmm. and – it hasn't led to big games for anybody of like Pritchard, Neesmith, or Teague in a, in a very long time.
0: Stay up to date on the latest NBA DFS news, not only here with shows like this and so many shows coming up over the course of the day, but with, of course, the Osmo NBA Twitter account. It is at Osmo NBA. Easy enough to remember. You also have our guy News God, who's hanging out with us in the chat as well. He'll be delivering the latest on injuries and news and starting lineups and minutes limits and all the stuff that comes out that is relevant to you to build those lineups daily before lock as soon as it is out there he will have it and he will send it out and he'll put it in the Osmo premium slack channel as well but be sure to follow at Osmo nba on twitter and check out news twitter feed which is news n-e-w-z god underscore dfs be sure to check out uh, adam's deep dive article which is free this season ship my money it is a must read if you are playing nba dfs tonight or any other night for that matter so make sure you do let us move along and take a look here at Utah and Chicago. Now, uh, this Jazz team, I just, personally, I don't want any part of. Uh, you know, I know Donovan Mitchell is projected for 40-plus points. Rudy Gobert is a guy to consider from time to time. Mike Conley as well. Um, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see any sort of appeal for Utah
2: here in this one. Uh, so – Uh, Rudy Gobert is questionable to play. I think that is important to bring up. Uh, I think he's more likely to play than sit the game, though, because he's questionable with a hip injury. But he was questionable to play a couple of days ago with the same hip injury, and he played then. So a lot of times we see teams not update the injury report. That might not be the case here. Maybe it's just still a lingering, bothering issue, and they're still considering sitting them. But there's a lot of times we'll see players listed as questionable, and they'll remain listed as questionable with the injury, kind of something like we saw all at the beginning of the season with uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and team just won't update their injury report unless something actually changes with the team. So I, my gut feeling is that's the case with Rudy Gobert, but I I could be wrong on that. But if he is out, Derek favors becomes a really good value play. If Gobert is in, I don't really think there's anything to see from this Utah jazz team. Uh, Matchup against the bulls is definitely favorable, but The price tags are fairly significant for Rudy Gobert, for Donovan Mitchell. There's other guys that I would rather uh, pay up for, even the limited options we do have to pay up for. Like, I think the Celtics guys are slightly more favorable than Utah. Like, I'd rather get to Jalen Brown than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, And then if I'm paying up for a center, if Rudy Gobert's in, then Carl Anthony Towns, to me, is a a much preferred pay-up option at center to Rudy Gobert. So uh, Utah, very low-priority team.
0: Hit the like button, closing in on 100 north, uh, north of 400. North is not a word. North of 400 people watching along here on YouTube. Other side of this game, Chicago. And that is, you know, we, we were talking about, someone asked about Zach Levine earlier. You're not expecting a huge night out of him. Some of the pay down options, Sadoransky, Markkinen. Uh, certainly you could, you could justify playing either of them, probably not both. What stands out to you here for the Bulls against the Jazz?
2: Nothing. I don't really make a. Ha- I don't really make a habit of rostering players going up against Utah Jazz. They are really difficult to score real life points on. They're really difficult to score fantasy points on. Uh, it's one of the best teams in the league at limiting fantasy production, uh, and overall one of the best defense in the league. And then on top of that, we've got the Bulls, who are a team where we usually get a bunch of production out of Zach Levine, but not somebody I want to pay up for on this slate. And then beyond that, like Satoransky's been favorable recently. I liked him a bunch for yesterday's slate, but not for me against Utah. Also tailing to a back-to-back for Chicago, that could be a little bit of an issue with fatigue. So, uh, Bulls are a team that I'm perfectly fine with leaving out of my player pool. All
0: right. Let's keep going then and uh, get your questions in, as we always tell you. Uh, Let's see here. Toronto-Houston. We'll start with the Raptors. We've got a few games left to go over before we uh, get to Odd Chopper and and, uh, go over some of this Aaron Gordon stuff that's been breaking this morning as well. I want to spend some time on that with you. But here for the Raptors, you've got – I don't know. I don't think Larry or Siakam is necessarily in the best spot. Fred VanVleet you could justify certainly. OG Ananobi is uh, probably in the best spot in terms of at least uh, points per dollar. What uh, what's your view of the Raptors?
2: All right. So for the Raptors, uh, I think Pascal Siakam has a favorable price tag on on DraftKings, but there's nobody here that really stands out all that much. And the reason being is that this is another team where we saw a bunch of guys miss games due to COVID. So we have Kyle Lowry and, um, and Norman Powell, both more expensive than they normally see them. Uh, And now we kind of everybody healthy also tail into a back-to-back for Toronto, Pascal Siakam at 7,500 on DK. That's a little cheaper than we normally see him. Uh, And it is a favorable matchup against Houston, but still not a really high priority play for me, especially because he's priced right in that same range as the Milwaukee guys we're going to talk about next game. I mean, with, with Giannis likely not playing, uh, it's pretty hard to stay away from guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So, uh, Pascal Siakam, that's going to make it hard for me to want to roster him. OG Ananobi is a little bit cheaper than we normally see him. And on FanDuel, where it's a little bit harder to roster guys at that price point. Uh, I think that Ananobi is a better FanDuel play than DraftKings, especially because of the defensive stats. Um, Somebody who's definitely capable of putting up multiple defensive stats in the game. If you look at his last couple of games, uh, four steals and a block against Utah, three steals and a block yesterday against Cleveland. Uh, when we get uh, three points for defensive stats instead of two points on Fanduel, that makes somebody like OG Ananobi uh, more favorable.
0: For Houston, Christian Wood is uh, at the top of the pile here, and so great to have him back and playing. I'm sure the Rockets feel the same way after all their struggles this year, especially with injuries or guys just wanting out. Uh, Wood is uh, projected for 40-plus points, 5X value. Uh, John Wall, solid spot for him. Uh, obviously, you don't have Victor Oladipo, so that's going to help some of the periphery players, not to mention those two. Uh, maybe a Daniel House, for instance. Not so much Porter and Tate, it looks
2: like, in terms of their projections. What do you think? Yeah, so I don't have Victor Oladipo or John Wall playing as of now. Uh, okay. Tail end of a back-to-back, John Wall... And Depot, both of them resting wrestling in these situations. So since both of them played yesterday, for now, I assume both of them are out unless I hear otherwise. Um, we've seen other games where John Wall has not been listed on the injury report early in the day. And then just later on, they end up adding him to the injury report because it's the tail end of a back-to-back. Because th- there have been times where we said like, oh, maybe John Wall will play in a back-to-back and then just ends up not being the case. So for now, I'm assuming that John Wall and Victor Oladipo are both out and assuming that is the case uh Kevin Porter Jr. He played really well uh, earlier last week when neither of them were in. I expect that to be more of the same. So Kevin Porter Jr. Somebody we want to get to, and then Christian Wood too. Who, by the way, also maybe a little bit of a chance that he rests because mm-hmm. he uh, is coming back from an ankle injury. And the team had said that he was going to be on a minute restriction for the foreseeable future. He played thirty six minutes yesterday, right after they said he was going to be on a minutes restriction. So. I don't know. Maybe well, yeah, it wasn't
0: 40.
2: It is. It wasn't 48 either. They didn't play him the entire game, but yeah. I do, I do wonder if him playing on the tail end of back to back after playing 36 minutes right after they said he's going to be restricted, if that opens him up to the possibility of rest. Uh, but for now I have him in, I have John wall and Victor Oladipo out. And uh, as long as that's the case, Kevin Porter, junior and Christian Wood both really strong plays Uh, Jay Sean Tate somebody else I want to get exposure to Sterling Brown if he starts he'd be a good value play I just kind of need to see what the starting lineup is here who actually ends up resting uh, because this looks like a team that's going to be really good to target. Folks, you probably
0: see the Osmo avatar all over the DFS leaderboard, and uh, rightfully so. It is for a good reason. If you rock our avatar, our Avatar, what are the words this morning? If you rock the avatar on your DFS profile, you win a free month of Osmo Plus uh, when you place within the top three in any GPP of 5,000 plus entries. Head on over to Osmo.com slash announcement slash avatar or simply Google search, and this is easy, Osmo Avatar, easy to say even, for instructions on how to download that image. Couple games uh, to go here in about 15 minutes. We will be here with you and then we'll turn things over for some college basketball talk. Get you ready for uh, more madness coming up. It's been a great tournament so far, by the way. Uh, So for Indiana and Milwaukee, we start with the Pacers. We'll, uh, we'll hold on your guy, Giannis for a second. DeMontis Sabonis projected for about 45 points or so five X value by Alex Uh, taking a look at the, again, points per dollar, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, you know, these guys not in as good a spot. So it's, it really just kind of is the case. Some nights Sabonis or bust. How do you feel about the Pacers?
2: Uh, so Karis Levert remains too cheap on Fanduel. at least. DraftKings, he's much more expensive, mm-hmm. but Fanduel he's 5,600. Now we've seen his price very, very slowly climb, uh, climb up since, uh, coming back from his kidney issue, uh, since coming back, he was at 3,900, then 41, then 44. Now he's up to 5,600. Still a little bit too cheap. I think Karis Levert should be a player who's priced over 6,000. So on Fanduel, he's somebody that, uh, still a little bit too cheap. I want to get to DeMontis a as a points per dollar play. I don't have projected like especially well tonight. However, there is so much value on this slate that I think if we're going to need multiple guys to pay up for, like I'm just going to fall into Sabonis lineups because I don't really have any other choice for players to pay up for. So uh, Sabonis, I don't love the price point on him, especially because even though we've seen some good games from him as of late, I still have to think going forward. Now that Karis Levert's in the mix, it's going to take away usage. It's going to take away shot attempts. It's going to take away touches and playmaking duties from uh, Devonta Sabonis. So He's still produced well with Lavert on the court in games, except we have seen it come down a little bit in the last two, uh, 35 and 36 fantasy points for Sabonis. And I'm a little concerned with him going forward. So I'm uh, I'm going to have him in my player pool, but I'm probably going to be underweight to the field on Sabonis.
0: Uh, El Negro Logo, our guy News God, thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, it's not my birthday, as you know, but you all know that. Someone had written, uh, where was it? I don't know. I scrolled past it in the chat, but somebody had written that we look like brothers separated long ago. It's
2: probably why we, you know, argue so much. Yeah, w- remember I, I, one of one of one of the worst days in my life. Uh, there was uh, a video you were doing somewhere, and somebody tagged me on and and had said they thought it was me. Like, and <laughs> it was uh, yeah. It's I, that's like the worst thing it's ever happened to me. So but yeah, it's not the first time somebody's thought that.
0: One of the worst days of my life feels slightly exaggerated. I hope, but uh, you know, Eric says, "Is that stubble on Greg's face or just a shadow?" Yeah, you look like you were a little lazy this morning.
2: Uh well, I mean, I don't shave every day. Like what? Like what? what do I? Like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm wearing pajamas. What? I'm, I'm trying to impress the YouTube chat when I talk about uh fantasy yes,
0: basketball. That's, that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Dress, dress to impress. Look at look at this polo. Look at this collared shirt.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying I'm not trying to impress anybody. This is a shirt I got at a beach many years ago and I'm wearing pajama bottoms. Picked it up at the flea market this morning.
0: All right, let's go to uh, Milwaukee here and there's just value all over the place. Uh, this is I mean with, with no Giannis projected here in this situation obviously Chris Middleton is projected for 6x value same thing for Drew Holiday 8x for Bobby Porter 6 for or close to it Dante DiVincenzo Brooke Lopez you know 5 for Pat Connaughton if you want to obviously pay down for him you got you know a handful of those guys projected for 30 plus fantasy points these are all DraftKings numbers Uh, some overlap obviously with FanDuel as well but uh, you know it's it's clear that You don't have Giannis, you don't have one of the best players in the NBA available for your team in a given night. It's going to be, uh, you know, impactful for everybody else. But who are your favorite plays
2: here and how many of them would you like to wedge into your lineup? Yeah, in cash games, play Chris Middleton, play Drew Holiday, play Bobby Porters. All three of them are must haves in cash games. Uh, Chris Middleton, 32% usage rate with Giannis off the court this year, scoring just under 50 fantasy points per 36 minutes. Drew Holiday, at 27.5% usage rate with Giannis off the court this year, scoring 45 fantasy points per 36 minutes. Then Bobby Portis, I expect he's going to start. He's a good points per uh, mid fantasy producer. So Bobby Portis playing somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 minutes. He is somebody that we want to roster a ton for cheap. So those are the three priority plays for me from uh, Milwaukee. Dante DiVincenzo, also somebody to get exposure to. He sees a usage increase. He scores 35 fantasy points per 36 minutes when Giannis is off the court. Uh, the priorities are going to be Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Bobby Porras. I think you need to have at least one of them in all of your lineups today, probably preferably two. Uh, I saw earlier somebody in the chat said uh, that we should not play um, more than two in the same lineup. I don't agree with that. I think you could play as many as four of these Bucks guys. Uh, I'd probably want to run it back with maybe like Karis Levert on Fandle or maybe Stavonis in that, in that sort of situation, but – in general i think 3 bucks is something i don't have any problem with for this late
0: all right uh, and and some people calling you a liar saying there's no
2: way you're wearing pants ah oh, no that's that's not true i wear i wear pajamas and and the uh since it's a little hot i've got the sleeves rolled up too up to my knees just for comfort too yeah i mean Why what do you i sit on a cold chair well my chair's not cold it's it's
0: uh it's fluffy and pink well, in that case, maybe he's not wearing pants I and mean, take it, take it right back. All right. Last game that we've got for you. And then we'll work in uh, some other stuff before we do get out of here in about 10 minutes. That is the Hawks and Clippers. That was, of course, the uh, late game, the showdown contest tonight that is available to you. And we'll have special programming around that as well. But for the Hawks, does anybody jump out to you tonight? Because really, it's it's not that appealing to me.
2: No, not really. Uh, I'll have like a couple of Trey Young lineups, but nothing significant. He's not somebody I'm going to really be invested in uh, tough matchup against the Clippers. And then something else here, Deandre Hunter, who was expected to be out for like two months or something like that. Right after they gave a diagnosis that he was out for six to eight weeks, he was listed as questionable three days later. So mm-hmm. that's really bizarre, but yeah, he's listed as questionable on in the injury report. If he comes back, That's going to marginalize Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. We could also see them playing more smaller lineups. So that could mean less minutes for John Collins. It could mean Clint Capello plays a couple less minutes. So, I mean, there's a lot of implication if DeAndre Hunter's back. Also, because this is a 10 p.m. game, there's a good chance we're not going to find out until way after lock. Uh, So, yeah, I don't think anything individually stands out as a good play. If I had to roster one Hawks player, it would be Trey Young. But that's only because nobody else is even remotely viable for me. All right. Other
0: side of that game, the Clippers, you've got more appealing options. It's not just the obvious, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. You could make the case that Zubak is uh, is maybe even more appealing if you're looking for value, obviously, at the center spot and uh, 6x value projected. Uh, you got Nick Batum paying down to him. 4,100 bucks on DK might be a viable option for you. Who do you like?
2: Uh, so... I don't I don't really love anybody. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George also, just because this is a slate where there are not very many payup options. I think that they become viable just because of that. Uh, but neither one of them I don't think are going to be guys I'm getting to at a massive amount of exposure uh, at center. Ivica Zubots is actually overall my favorite play on the Clippers, particularly on FanDuel. Uh, we do not expect Serge Ibaka, play, which by the way, I don't understand why Ibaka has been listed as questionable for all these, for all these games. And we don't find out whether he's playing or not until after lock, because I mean, today Ibaka, they just ruled him out ahead of time. So, I mean, I assume they've known all along that Ibaka wasn't going to be playing in these games. Uh, Patrick Beverly, he remains out. So that's going to mean a little bit more ball handling duty for Paul George. Uh, but yeah, uh, Zubat's on FanDuel where he is priced. He's a little bit cheaper than he is on DraftKings, 4,500 on FanDuel, somebody I project for right around 30 fantasy points. He is one of my favorite center plays. Uh, He's a little bit popular, except uh, still I think the 20% ownership on Zubats is not enough considering what we've seen from him as a starter. Uh, Zubats in his starts this season, he's had some really big games as of late. Uh, Overall, as a starter, he is playing uh, 28 minutes per game, scoring nearly 30 fantasy points in those starts. Uh, so I think that Zubat's at, at center in a plus matchup against the Hawks is, is somebody that we should uh, want to roster at center on FanDuel. Uh, we've got from Andrew, Garland or Healed on DK? Uh, probably neither. <laughs> well, if you had to pick one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of situation that is. The other thing too, I mean, we've got, he's got a full, uh, let's see, quick math here he's got a full uh, seven and a half hours or uh, what time the late starts. So he's got, he's got nine hours to build his lineups. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, you, you got time. Don't play. Don't make these those guys job. priorities. Yeah. Don't make either of them a priority. Uh, a couple
0: of Tatum or questions. I've seen Tatum or DeRozan. I've seen Tatum or
2: Levine. What do you uh, think? Say Tatum over DeRozan and Tatum over Levine. Uh, Levine going up against the Jazz. That's a no-go for me. And then DeRozan's had some big games lately. Uh, and also, somebody who benefits massively with Marcus Aldridge off the court, but still, he's been priced all the way up to 8,500 for the season. Jason Tatum's still a much better fantasy pr- producer than DeMar DeRozan. Also, slight usage bump going to Tatum because Kemba Walker's out. So, uh, yeah, pretty clear Tatum over DeRozan for me. Uh, Chris says, Hey, twins, should I
0: roster Portis or Deontay? Uh, Portis. I think I need to grow a mustache back just for a little differentiation between the two of us. Eric says, and I already know the answer, but for those joining late, I'll ask the question. Is Towns the top spend on the uh, on the
2: slate on DK? What do you think? I mean, uh, yes, and uh, there's not anybody – well, also, he's the most expensive player at 9500 That's so much cheaper than we normally see from other top spends. But then we have De'Aaron Fox. I have Caronthine Towns project for – like 13 more fantasy points than Fox. Then there's Sabonis. I would project for way more fantasy points than Sabonis. And then there isn't even another guy priced over 9,000. So it's like, there's just no comparison to anybody else.
0: All right. Let's uh, tell you about Odd Shopper here before we do run out of time. Of course, don't make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. We tell you that all the time, every single show. Betting lines that can change by the minute can vary greatly, of course, folks, depending on which book you are using. It's why it's important to use the Osmo odd shopper to find the best line available on the game that you are betting on give you that edge when you need to beat the house head on over to oddshopper.osmo.com where we compile the best bets available for every game updated in real time you can sign up for free today track your bets receive alerts when lines move of course what you see on your screen right now that is what it looks like folks and i'm going to go on over to osmo and uh, the odd shopper page obviously take a look at some player props you got Uh, point spread total money line all first quarter matchups that are available for you right now and and the odds there but let's go to player props and uh points is is you know generally what we're looking at here um who's a good one for you how about De'Aaron fox over under 25 and a half
2: let's see De'Aaron fox over under 25 and a half yeah, that is a very fair number to me going up against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I do not like the over. I do not like the under. I think that is a perfectly priced uh, prop right there. So, so stay away from prop for you. Yeah, that is that that could not be more fair. That is on the nose. Colin Sexton, 26 and a half. Uh, points for Colin Sexton, 26 yep. and a half. I actually have a slight lean towards the over there. Uh, matchup against the Kings, very favorable. Kings played a fast pace. They have a really poor defense. Uh, so Colin Sexton, who... You know what's funny? Colin Sexton's kind of been like a slightly more efficient version of Anthony Edwards. If you look at the usage for Colin Sexton in the playing time, it's been really significant. Uh, Last handful of games, 39 minutes, 39 minutes, 37 minutes. Yesterday, 35% usage rate scored 36 points in that game, uh, scored 29 each of the two games prior to that. So yeah, I mean, the usage in playing time has just been so high for Colin Sexton. He's also been, like I said, fairly efficient this year. So uh, for the year plays 36 minutes per game uh, 29% usage rate all of that just lends itself to a lot of points and then also really consistently uh, high points
0: how about no LaMelo ball
2: Terry Rozier 20 and a half points I don't think this greatly changes the scoring expectations for Terry Rozier like he doesn't see any kind of real significant usage uh, bump when LaMelo's off the court maybe he sees a couple of extra minutes but I mean he's already been playing a bunch so I tend to think that the extra minutes are actually going to go to guys like Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. So to me, that's just a fair prop. I don't think I don't think that we should significantly change our outlook on Rogier without Lamella.
0: So there is, before we get out of here in the next couple of minutes, there's some news this morning uh, coming from The Athletic that Aaron Gordon of the Magic has requested a trade. Now, um, you know, it's not for us necessarily to dive into the, uh, you know, what other teams' offers are going to look like and all that good stuff. Uh, I can tell you, though, Keith Smith, who uh, covers the Magic and many others for Yahoo, uh, among other places, uh, tweeted just a couple minutes ago, best I could put together from talking to folks around the NBA and the Magic asking prices for players. Nick uh, Vucevic, multiple firsts and young players. Gordon, two firsts, a young player. Uh, Ross a first and a young player Fournier, a young player and or first the key is Orlando wanting good first. So I don't expect you to know everybody's war chest, obviously, but is there a fit in terms of a team that would be looking
2: that you'd like for Aaron Gordon? I mean, Aaron Gordon, isn't that good. I mean, like he's, he's like, he's a solid player, but I wouldn't be giving up like multiple first round picks and like a young player for Aaron Gordon. uh, Let's see for the year. Aaron Gordon, he's actually shooting 40% from three, Uh, but he's had a whole bunch of health issues. I don't, I don't buy into that three point shooting at all, especially because uh, he was a 31% three point shooter last year. And then um, I was pulling up his stats. Did did anybody else hear that? Or was that just me? I was pulling up his stats. Okay. I was pulling up his stats and then all of a sudden just like ESPN started playing a bunch of music. I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. Just hear you. Um, Don't worry. All right. So something else that I'm looking at Aaron Gordon's numbers really quick that uh, leads me to believe that it's not something that we should buy into his three-point shooting. His free throw shooting is regressed from 67% to 62%. So when somebody's that poor of a of a free throw shooter, I don't expect that all of a sudden their three point shooting to increase at the same time too. Like there should be some sort of, you know, synchronicity between that. If you've improved your jump shot, then your free throw shooting and your three point shooting should improve. And so that's always a red flag to me. If one of those things, if uh, three point shooting is a uh, way outlier like that and mm-hmm. does not match up with the free throw shooting. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if that's what the asking price is for Aaron Gordon. That just seems too steep to me.
0: Yeah. No, I can relate to that. And, uh, and certainly tend to agree with you. Uh, coming up over the course of the day, by the way, you have got uh, in a matter of minutes, Our guys, Ben, Matt, they'll be with you for the College Basketball Live Before Lock. That'll be available to you right here, so you don't want to miss out on that, obviously. The PGA DFS first look is at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, followed at 3 by NHL Strategy Show. So, like this show, but a different sport. At 4.30, you will have the tip-off. You're coming on back for that, aren't you?
2: Uh, Yeah, something like that.
0: All right, and so after that, normally at 4, it's 4.30 today, 5.30 NBA Deeper Dive, 6.30 NBA Live Before Lock, and at 9, NBA Late Slate Showdown, again focusing just in that one game, the Clippers and uh, Hawks. So, you know, Spags, maybe it's EMAC with them. Those guys spending a, a full hour talking about that later on. Don't necessarily uh, envy those two guys with that game, but uh, nevertheless. Uh, so any uh, any major takeaway going into tonight as things stand right now that the people should know and knowing full well that things are going to change over the next like you said nine hours or so
2: uh no we have to get out of here so uh just pay attention to the injury report well then let's go our thanks to greg to jordan to all of you for joining us hit the
0: like on your way out the door leave a comment later on we do go back just on occasion to check them out and read them it's fun for us especially when you're nice we'll see you later i'll catch you on thursday